Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast, a brilliant true crime podcast hosted by two zany sisters, all while baking up delicious treats in their kitchen. Here are your podcast hosts, Karen Devaney and Ann Varner. I'm Dan. I'm Lou, and together we are Casting Views. An uncle and nephew chatting on random topics, some heavy, some fun, but we aim to amuse. Don't miss out, don't delay. Subscribe to Casting Views today. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Good Pods. Hello. Hey, Shaw. How are you? I'm so good. How welcome, are you? Welcome. Welcome. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Cheers oh, with yummy. the Bailey. Mm. Oh, oh, you got sloppy. You hit it too hard. <laughs> oh, my God. Just mm. slurp it. Just slurp it. I got okay. it. Anyway, I'm very excited to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to hear it? I am, but I've got Bailey's all over the place right now, so I'm a little distracted. What is it? J and K are here. Yay! J and K. From sorry, Mama. Fuck my work life. Pause. Oh, God, that was early. That's that early, early. Sorry, Mama. That was real early. Yeah, y'all might want to just go ahead and say sorry, Mama. Sorry, Mama. Sorry, Mama. <laughs> she actually really loves it when people she do does. that. She adores Aww. it. <laughs> that makes her happy. So anyway, Jay and Kate are here from FMWL okay. podcast. <laughs> and we we love their podcast. We do. Because it's all about horrible work stories, which yes. we all can relate to. We have so many. Yes. And they drink a lot, which we really like too. Ooh, there are people. I'm sorry that we're moving, but we're not. It's not an earthquake. That's, you know, we all have those. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> yes. They have all these, these, we get, there are people. I don't know what to say. I know. There, there are, are people. There are kindred. Our kindred. Yes. Our and kids. I feel like um, we're so close now. We can just turn our podcast right over to them. I know. I think we're gonna. We're gonna have a so J and K. Tell us all about your podcast. How people can find you. How much people love you because we all know it's true. And then we're gonna start our podcation. Take it away, Jay. <laughs> all right. So our podcast is basically people send in their work stories, and and we read their work stories and kind of commiserate together w- with each other and, you know, crack wise and get shitty and <laughs> sorry, mama. <laughs> and, and have a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. It so um, you can find us like all the socials were FMWL pod. If you've got a, a fun work story, you can send it to us at FMWL pod at gmail.com. Uh, we loved it when you guys came on and shared your work mm. stories that we was got some doozies. so much yeah. fun. We had some yeah, doozies. It was we definitely about one of the doozies. more memorable ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't let mama hear that one. No, we did. Probably best. <laughs> it's probably best that we just didn't let her. Hear sorry, that. mama. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yes, very, very much. Sorry, mama. <laughs> Oh, actually, it's more sorry, not sorry, mama. <laughs> so one. basically what we're going to do tonight is we're just going to do our podcast, only it's not going to be Karen and Ann telling the story. It's going to be Jane Kay. What a great break. And there's still be a recipe. They have to listen to our damn recipe. voices all the time. I know. People are like, thank <laughs> God. Oh, please. I shut these two broads up. Can't take it. 
So try to put on no. a Southern accent though, if you can. Oh, I, I'll try. I think we both can. Oh, very good. Very good. So who's going to go first? I think you should go first, Jay. Who's murder is you first? You want me to go first? Yeah. I'll go first. All right. Look. <laughs> No, I am impressed. No, I know what I'm doing here. All right. I mean, you're like a real <laughs> like a professional. <laughs> He's making us look bad already. Wow. Damn. So I don't know if I can do the whole story in a Southern accent. You don't have to. You don't. You don't. Okay, good. I don't want to <laughs> let you. I don't want to let you down, but. You could never. 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 Okay. August 4th, 2002. 10-year-olds Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman left a barbecue to go to the store and buy some candy in a small town of Soham in the east of England, and they were never seen again. Dun, dun, dun. Poor little babies. For two weeks, the town of Soham and all of England, for that matter, are dumbfounded and conduct search party after search party to try and locate the girls. The whole country held hope that the girls would turn up safe. But as time passed, the families of the girls get increasingly worried that that would not be the case. I, I don't type so well sometimes. <laughs> so okay. when I read it, I don't read it right. You don't read, you don't how, read I, how, I, how I meant to type it. Because there's no commas or periods or anything. It's just like just words, words. And words, words. Just the same words. All right. So y'all bear with me. Or with you. The girl's disappearance headlined the national news. Many interviews were done with people pleading for the safe return of the girls to their small, sleepy town. One emotional interview showed a local school caretaker pleading for them to come home if they ran off or if someone has has them, please let them go. His name was Ian Huntley. While giving this interview, he already knew the girls would never come home. And their families would never see them again Oh no! because he was an epic piece of shit. Ah, they always want to come forth too in the, like, in, they always want yeah. to like be in the search. Part or in of the, it. Yeah. 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 That just, is, oh. that's one thing that Ugh. a lot of police, a lot of investigators, that's one thing that the, now they have started to look like who is, who is overly wanting to be involved in this investigation yeah. that has no connection to people that are missing or, you know, when they're doing these things, because typically those people are the pieces of shit oh, that yeah. probably did it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate those pieces of shit too. Right. I don't like them. It's making Jay drink. <laughs> God damn. I'm, Everything I'm, sorry, Mama. I'm sorry, Mama. That was like, that was the cardinal right. sin. <laughs> You're all, you didn't finish it. You're all right. Damn it, Ian. <laughs> I want like popcorn. Like, that's story. <laughs> that would be really good on a podcast. Yeah. Popcorn. They yeah. really enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's not editing, so she doesn't care. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't oh, do that to Ann and Karen. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Moving on. Ian Huntley was born in Grimsby, Lincolnshire, because that's how they say it. Lincoln. I would say Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire. Like Mike just heard from Sorry. I mean, Jay, I'm not saying that you're not great. That was just a really good accent. That for me? It. Oh, oh yes. the- 
Lincolnshire. Anne Hotley was born in Grimsby, Lincolnshire, United Kingdom in 1974. Wow. Wow. What's that? He was one of two boys. He was raised in a normal working class family. Growing up, Huntley was not a very social person and stuck close to his mother, rarely going to play with the other kids. This did not fare well for Huntley in school. He was frequently a target for bullies. Despite having few friends in his teenage years, he did create multiple relationships with girls, but none would last very long. And all of them were girls much younger than him. Ew. <laughs> Ew. 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 Sorry, mama. In December 1994, at age 20, Huntley met 18-year-old Claire Evans, and within weeks they were married. Weeks. Yeah. I is he good looking? I I mean you Google it. (laughs) I I mean he's he's not he's not horrible looking. I've seen I've seen pictures of him. I've seen like I I watched the interviews that he did. Where are you going? (laughs) I'm going to a dog because my sister keeps giving me the side eye like I'm pressing the button making her do something. Sorry. We're waiting for Anne to come back. No, Anne's still here. here. I just have to say oh, okay. my words. Take okay. care of my dog. She's just a disembodied voice. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, it's a lot. All right. Oh, no. Here we go. Sorry, y'all. So like I said, Huntley met 18-year-old Claire Evans, and within weeks, they were married. This would not last long either, as Claire quickly realized that Huntley had a terrible temper. She would often find herself struggling with him to remove his hands from around her neck. Oh, God. Excuse me? In a turn of events, Claire would move your hands from around (laughs) my neck. For the third time today, please come and remove them. I'm trying to cook your damn dinner. (laughs) So, what are you doing? In a turn of events, Claire would leave Huntley for his younger brother. (gasps) Oh, that's going to hurt. Oh, it gets better. Uh oh. She wanted a divorce, but Huntley would not grant her one for four years. And in 1999, <gasps> he relented and gave her what he what she wanted. So, yeah. So so this guy, she's banging his brother. <laughs> yeah. And he still won't and, let her go. And, and he's like, no, we will <laughs> <Yeah>. not separate. <laughs> no, no. no, because I don't want you to be official with my little brother. <laughs> During the dissolution of the marriage, Huntley went from apartment to apartment and job to job and had a string of relationships with different girls. In 1998, at the age of 24, he fathered a daughter with a 15-year-old girl. Oh, no way. This was not uncommon for Huntley. Wait, As he he grew older, his attraction to women became younger. Oh, did, no. Did he so have multiple kids? No, he did not have multiple kids. <laughs> okay. He just had he the one. Just like young girls. Yeah. yeah. Like not women. Not well, I women. think I think for a guy like this, and I think this guy is one of those guys where he tried people at his own age, didn't work out. They could they see right like through it. Hand, his hands around yeah. Their <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tried people so a couple of years younger. Year olds yeah. Didn't work out, neck. you know, mm-hmm. and, and could, was slowly working his way down the, the age mm-hmm. ladder to people that he could manipulate. Yeah. You know, yeah. sounds like manipulate, control. 
put his hands around their necks. Mm -hmm. They didn't know it was wrong, I guess. I don't know. God, so gross. It's really not okay. Where was that? (laughs) He he fathered a daughter with a 15-year-old girl. He was investigated by police for complaints of inappropriate conduct made by up to 60 young girls. Oh, my God. In in the town of Grimsby. All in Grimsby. (laughs) Righto. Right down, you got it. In 1998, he was charged with rape, but the charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. Wait. This tainted his reputation around town. Taint. This tainted his <laughs> reputation? Yeah, I know. This is the one thing. This is right. like, this yeah. is the thing that like took him down. Well, I think, I think it was a buildup of things. Yeah. And then, you know, they finally got him on something and, and charged him with something. Mm-hmm. And then the charges wouldn't stick. So he was let out. And I think the people in the town were like, yeah, but we know. Sorry, yeah. mama. <laughs> we know. We know. We know what, we you're, know what you're about. Now we have right. eyes on you and yeah. you're nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Then in 1999, Ian Huntley met Maxine Carr. After dating for a month, they moved in together. Ian's reputation around town did not make it easy for him to find work. After a year of living together in February of 2000, they moved to Scunthorpe, about 30 miles west of Grinsby. That stunk for work. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but yeah. drop the K. Drop, drop oh. that last K. <laughs> oh, last K. Okay. Things seemed to be normal for the couple, but Ian was slowly slipping into his old ways and was becoming more and more prone to violent outbursts. You're doing so I, good. I thought I was trying to read. <laughs> Look here. Don't you judge me. I got damn near three pages left of this son of a bitch. I was trying to get them. I should have made the letters bigger. My letters are small. K's letters are big. I should have made my letters bigger. Damn Microsoft Word. Oh, my God. Oh, you've got me sweating. Neighbors in their new apartment would often see and hear Ian yelling and hitting Maxine while she was crouched on their couch or sitting at the table, telling her, I'm your boss. You do as you're told. I tell you when you go and when you don't, you don't listen to anyone. You listen to me. Hmm. Was she a lot younger? I mean, was she? So she, I think, I think Maxine, I know I should have put that in. I think she was like four years younger than him. So she wasn't like super lots young. Lots, yeah. yeah. Somebody needed to tell her girlfriend. Yeah. You can, you can fight back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he, he especially against sleep. this guy. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. He has to sleep at some point. So mm-hmm. just saying. It didn't take long for Ian's past to catch up with him in Scunthorpe. Hmm. Police were seen questioning him about things that had happened back in Grimsby. The accusations were still coming in and a pattern was starting to emerge. Oh, no. Hey, stop reading my story while I'm reading it. I see you watching it. Reading it. This is supposed to be a prize for you. You ain't supposed to know where it's going to go. It's a prize. I'm she not reading ahead. It. Look, Jay. Jesus. You said the letters were small. Maybe she's just admiring how small your letters are. I just typed it. I ain't write it. 
ain't my letters. It's that stupid Microsoft Word. Look how big her letters are. It's big letters. Look how little mine's are. You know, there is a setting you can set for how big your letters are when you're on that Microsoft thing. Hey, I don't need, you don't, I, you. (laughs) (laughs) Daryl. Dang it, Daryl. (laughs) You're doing real good. Keep up the good work. I mean, he is, and then he's chugging. Oh, bless the beer. his he's heart. He's chugging the beer. He's chugging the beer, right? He can't get through this fast enough. Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yeah, let's get serious, please. Despite the wildly dysfunctional relationship, the couple decided once again to move south a hundred miles away from the small town of <laughs> Damn it. I town. P H H H H H H I must I must start that over. You don't think I can edit that out? (laughs) Despite the wildly dysfunctional relationship, the couple decided once again to move south 100 miles away to the small town of Soham, hoping to leave the stigma of Ian's past behind them and start anew. I mean, that makes perfect sense. Just keep mm-hmm. moving. Don't don't try yeah. some problems. Yeah. Yeah. They can't get some problems like the problems. I know the move. more acceptable this will be. I got a bad reputation. Here we got to go. <laughs> we got to pick up and get this caravan going. Maxine would find a job as a teaching assistant at St. Andrew's Primary School. Ian found a job as a caretaker at nearby Soham Village College. Man, I guess your bad reputation doesn't follow you. I guess I don't have any background checks here. I guess, but this was like what early two thousands. It's yeah. not the internet was around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but, they had but, it in England. I don't know when they got it. It didn't make it over there. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Dan. I'm so sorry that we defended the entire UK. It, didn't make it. it was totally Jack. Jay did that, not sorry. <laughs> so now we get into the the day in question. On August 4th, 2002, 10-year-olds Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman were enjoying a barbecue at the Wells family home in the Red Garden District of Soham. In the afternoon, the girls were playing video games together and decided to change into matching Manchester United football jerseys. Aww. At around 5.15, Holly's mother snapped a picture of the two girls together. This would be the last picture taken of them. Aww. Around 6.15, the girls decided to take a walk to buy some candy and didn't tell Holly's parents where they were going. It was the decision that would cost them their lives. Oh, my goodness. At 8.30 p.m., Holly's parents went. really bringing down, man. really bringing us down. really bringing it down. (laughs) Suck it up. Um, I'm in the middle of a paragraph. I just lost I just lost my place. And these letters are so small. Now I gotta read through half the shit to find where I was. They said, Oh, that's not friendly. (laughs) Baby, how you say that? 
How do you say that? The eight. Eight. Thirty. Thirty. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What if, what's that little, what's some dots though in the middle of it? <laughs> it's your colon. That? Yeah, that's your colon right there. At 830 pum. <laughs> Holly's. Well, that's how I make that noise. The apostrophe. Is that the apostrophe? The, uh. All right. Oh, God. At 830 p.m., Holly's parents went up to the room to check on the girls. They were nowhere to be found. This immediately raised, uh, damn it! This immediately <laughs> raised alarm bells. You hush now. <laughs> you hold it in. I'm holding it. I'm holding hold it. it in. I don't I'm care if you got a in. fart to hold it in. <laughs> hold it in. I'm holding it. I'm holding it. Look at him. <laughs> she can't even look up. <laughs> I got another beer five lined up. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll oh, stop right. drinking. No. I'll wait, no. I'll wait until Kay dare. starts reading no, no. her story. Like her big letters. <laughs> <laughs> they were nowhere to be found. This immediately erased. Motherfucker. <laughs> You hushed that bitch now. <laughs> this immediately raised alarm bells. They contacted the police to report the girls missing. At dawn the next morning, police launched a massive search using 400 officers. And to boost the search area, hundreds of residents of the town of Soham aided the police in looking for the girls. Oh, gosh. The police were confident that the girls had wandered off and gotten lost in the countryside since it was only a few hundred yards from the fens where they were last seen. So the fens the fens is like a it's a place in in Soham that it, it's swampland. It's basically swampland because they're they're on the east coast of of England, so it's a little bit in. So a lot of the coastal area is is basically swamps. Like but yeah, but it fluctuates so much that sometimes it's really deep and sometimes it's not so deep. Yeah, uh, like Florida, it's yeah, South Carolina. We're marshes. We're not swamps. We're marsh. Yeah, and they actually they actually the refer thing. to this more like more like marsh. Okay. You know? Yeah, because that's more sophisticated. Also, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It sounds better. Exactly. It's just so much more sophisticated. Because them English, they fancy whatever. The police were confident that the girls had wandered off and gotten lost. Possibly, they could have wandered off and even fallen in the fin. Oh. The next day, the parents had a press conference pleading for their return. Police based their headquarters at the girls' school, St. Andrew. The searches continued around the clock with over 500 locals and police officers. The search and investigation into the two 10-year-olds' disappearance quickly became one of the country's biggest investigations. Everyone who had seen them or thought they had seen them was interviewed. The searches continued for over a week with no luck. Oh it gosh. seemed as if the girls just vanished off the face of the earth. Oh, poor girls. 
on August 15th, 11 days after the girls had gone missing, the UK media company Sky News decided to retrace their steps, which included interviewing the last person known to have seen them. His name was Ian Huntley. Oh, wait a minute. Also, the boyfriend of Jessica and Holly's former classroom assistant, Maxine Carr. Oh, man. Wait a minute. Carr's position at St. Andrews was temporary. And when she applied for the permanent position, she was denied. Right, because she's with a pedophile, mm-hmm. or as they would say, Ian Huntley offered himself up as an eyewitness to last seeing the girls around 6.15 when the girls, according to Mr. Huntley, walked by his cottage at asking how Miss, Mrs. Carr was doing. He responded by saying she's inside but not doing well. Since she hadn't gotten a position, Ooh, he lured them into oh. the house. They said, "Please tell her that they were very sorry," and then they walked off. Mm-mm-mm. I don't think they walked off. No, Maxine Carr was also interviewed. Uh oh. She seemed shocked and sad that the, at the girl's disappearance, even showing a card that one of the girls had made for them for her on her last day at school. The journalist didn't think anything of the interview until he got back to his van and his producer asked him to play it back upon playing it back, continuously referring to the girls in the past tense. Oh, wicked, wicked woman. Oh my God. She knows something. This alarmed them, but was nothing that made them think they could have been responsible, but investigators were suspicious. On Friday, August 16th, police brought the pair in for questioning, taking them to separate stations. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, forensic experts began to search their home as well as Village College, where Huntley worked. The couples were the couple. (laughs) (laughs) All right. They were both questioned for seven hours. How many? Seven Um, hours. Seven hours. Okay. The couple was you no know, they they were they were separate <laughs> they were separated they were I, separated. I, so i was typing this at work i was doing this at work like oh. writing this whole thing out and so i think i was just like and i didn't really read through it so there's going to be some hiccups that i yeah, just or some. Belches. I mean, there's only okay. been a couple, a couple so far. There's only been like, a couple. Like there's been like one or two hiccups and seven or eight burps. It's fine. It's fine. It's the way I don't it always know what you're getting so uptight about. I'm not. This is the way we always do it. We're fine. We're we're always belching on the podcast. This is what we do. Sugar coated belching. <laughs> they were both questioned for seven hours. Maxine gave Huntley an alibi stating that she had been home with him the previous Maxine gave Huntley an alibi stating that she had been home with him the night the girls disappeared. When the televised interviews with the couple were seen by locals in their previous resident resident mother. mother (laughs) I think that the blooper reels can be longer than the actual podcast. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I'm done. You know what? He killed the girls. That's that's where we end. Oh, he just ruined it. Oh, no. Aren't you just sassy? He 
again. <laughs> Suck it in. Hold it in. Suck it. When the televised interviews with the couple were seen by locals in their previous residence of Grimsby, the investigators were contacted by several people saying they recognized Ian Huntley as the man accused of rape in their town. Mm. Also, that Maxine was car was seen in the town square of Grimsby the night the girls disappeared. Oh, Maxine. What's she doing in this the raised square? suspicions oh, even more. She wow. The couple was take was then taken to separate safe houses what? while investigators continued to search their home and the grounds of the village college where Huntley worked. They need to mm. put them in unsafe houses. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, let's let's everyone at them. <laughs> I say put them in the, um, in the, in the zoo and like the lion enclosure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll come back and get you in the morning. In a blockade. In a blockade. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. The blockade. What are those? Um, yeah, the thing. A stockade. Not stockade. a blockade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in this particular town, they call it a blockade. A blockade? A blockade. <laughs> a blockade. It's a stockade. <laughs> you say stockade, I say blockade. Whatever. Same thing. <laughs> Tomato, apple. It's all the same. <laughs> During the search of their home, investigators noticed that the house had been meticulously cleaned and had a distinct lemony cleaning solution smell but still found items that were said to be of major importance to the investigation. Don't, don't, don't. Eyes up here, Kay. Eyes up here. <laughs> I don't know where I'm supposed to look. I'll just stare oh, yeah, at you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we're okay. staring at you. You don't know, okay. but we're you know, just looking at you. We don't even know fine. who Jane looks like right now. I'm just looking at you. <laughs> we'll just look at each other. While, search, <laughs> while searching the school grounds, they also found the burnt remains of the girls' jerseys and other clothing items oh, they were no. wearing. Along with a random hair. Ew. Just one hair? Well, I think it was multiple hairs, but, you know, <laughs> but I think this random. part was either way. Random. It's yeah. random. Upon testing the hair, it did not belong to either one of the girls, but did belong to Ian Huntley. Oh, oh that Ian. The fibers from these jerseys were also matched with fibers found on Ian Huntley's person and clothing in their home. Oh. Wait. They were still on him? Like no, it was on their clothes. No, it was it was like on his clothes in the home and on his person. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it like he still had the fibers on his person. I thought they, you meant on their clothes that they found the Whose fibers are they? <laughs> <laughs> the fibers from these jerseys were it's also matched with fibers found on yeah. Oh. God, damn it, Daryl. <laughs> We're trying to figure out where the fibers are from. Yeah. The fibers from these jerseys were also matched with fibers found on Ian Huntley's okay. person, yeah. on him, oh, okay. and right. clothing in their home. So they Got were it. mixed fibers. Yeah. From everybody. They were all from everybody. All the fibers. The all fibers. On August 17th, a gamekeeper found the burnt remains of two young girls <gasps> no. found in a five foot deep irrigation ditch along the RAF Lake and Heath base in Suffolk Aww. over 10 miles east of Soham. The girls' bodies were found 13 da- days after they had disappeared and were in advanced state of decomposition. <sighs> the pathetic attempt to cover up the murder left many items of evidence at the mm. scene. At this point, the police were sure they have enough evidence to make an arrest. Oh, my gosh. 
On the same day, August 17th, police arrested both Carr and Huntley on suspicions of abduction and murder. Mm. Although previously they believed the girls had just been abducted, they now publicly announced that they found the remains of two young girls and believe the girls to have been murdered, awaiting further testing to identify the bodies. Oh, that's awful. While interrogating Huntley, he would frequently drool and look emotionally what? and mentally detached and refuse to answer oh. questions. That's nasty. <laughs> Why he drooling? Is he faking? Yeah. Most likely, yes. Okay. This prompted investigators to refer Huntley to a mental hospital to undergo an extensive psychological evaluation. By contrast, Maxine Carr sang like a motherfucking bird. Of course she did. <laughs> huh. She's been waiting to get rid of him. Uh, She's been waiting. Like, uh, nope. Good for her. Actually, it didn't say that. But by contrast, Maxine Carr was a little more cooperative. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I like your version better. Yeah. <laughs> she recanted her alibi and told them that a few days before she came home from Grimsby, Hunt, Huntley called her saying that the girls had actually come in the house. He then went on to say Holly Wells had a nosebleed and asked for help while in the bathroom. She slipped and fell and hit her head and (laughs) would not wake up. Oh, no. This is the best. This is is sorry, mama. This is the best part. Jessica started screaming. And in an effort to quiet her, he placed his hands over her face and mouth. Oh, and accidentally suffocated her to oh, death. Oh, yeah, yeah accidentally died. Especially because that takes si- like five to ten minutes to yeah. happen. It's yeah. not quick. It's not just a quick. <laughs> just an second. accident sitting here. Maxine <laughs> yeah. said she had fabricated the alibi because Ian said the accusations in Grimsby were too much, and if he was accused of these girls' murders, he would have a mental breakdown. Oh no! Oh, too bad. (laughs) She insisted that he had nothing to do with their disappearance, just could not handle the accusations. So uh, to appease his mental state, she concocted the alibi. And I think that she's just as guilty as he is. Me too. On August 20th, the couple were officially charged. Ian Huntley was charged with two counts of murder. And in an amazing gesture of leniency, Maxine Carr was charged with perverting the course of justice, Uh, which is obstruction of justice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was probably so mentally abused. And I agree. And I I feel like she was in an impossible situation. It's not like she was there and saw it happen. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't witness it. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. The jury deliberated for four days. And on December 17th, 2003, Huntley was found guilty of both murders and sentenced to life in prison with a mandatory 40 years. Maxine Carr was found guilty of perverting the course of justice and sentenced to three and a half years in prison. Ian Huntley still maintains his ridiculous claims of innocence from behind bars. Well, I hope that's eligible. Eligible? He will be eligible for parole in 2042. And will be 68 years old. Ugh, and he'll mm. probably still be a creep. Exactly. Yeah, he will. So they just need to not let him no. out. Yeah. But hopefully he's um he's he's understanding what those girls went through on a daily basis. Accidentally covering his face and nose for <laughs> 20 minutes or so. While other things are happening. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yes. I guarantee he doesn't understand because. He probably doesn't think he 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 has probably told his lie for long enough that he believes, he believes it. it. Yeah, he believes it, and and all the 
all the other stuff with like put girlfriends constant like the girlfriend constantly having to like hey man like maybe don't choke me (laughs) (laughs) i think we've talked about this one or five (laughs) times before maybe don't do that that it it probably doesn't even enter his mind no Mm -mm. no Mm -hmm. or if it does he thinks well she made me do it oh of course yeah yeah so well, I know life in, prison, wow. life in prison over there isn't like life in prison oh, no. here. It's no. like it's sh- I, I think it's worse. sentences. No, no, they don't. They won't really? put someone in prison f- forever. They call it life in prison. Oh, but that's it's, right. Yeah. It's just like Canada. Like you, you murder people in Canada and there's a good chance you're seeing freedom in like five or 10 years. Well, now I keep it over that. And yeah. So I wonder what the prisons are like over there compared to what our prisons are just on a daily basis. I just, yeah. I don't know. I think you can watch locked up abroad. That's what we need to watch. Yeah. Figure out. What you guys tell me like how that goes. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't want to know. You don't want to know? No. Okay. I what do. did we, we used interested. to watch like the world's worst prisons or yeah, something. And there was prisons. one in, in like England or something. And I was kind of shocked. I thought they'd be like all very proper. Yeah. Like having tea every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's, I think that's the only, but prison it wasn't, in, in, it was bad. Yeah, and it, it's all like the gangsters. of okay. England. That's where they put them. That's where they put them. The okay. people that like feed people to pigs and, oh. like, you know, do crazy shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, but well, that Russia, was quite a story. Russia takes the cake. Oh yeah, Ugh. Russia well, takes the cake. I don't know because, like Thailand and mm. like Indonesia, places like that, those are pretty bad prisons. That's yeah. all. They're not okay. There so. was one in like Brazil or Mexico yes. City. One of those Brazil. that was just like, oh, yeah, it was basically <laughs> it was terrifying. They took yeah. the they took the gangs off the streets and just put them in a big. And, like and a big cage. And they just and, and they, 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 yeah, they, yeah, they run the whole thing. Yeah. It is so scary. Oh, yeah. where was where was the one? There was one that was in Africa somewhere. Mm. It, or or maybe maybe it was still South America somewhere. I think it I think it was Africa. It was like a prison in I probably South Africa. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like this huge desert area, and there were different buildings. Yeah. And like you these people, you just know, throw it, them in there. It and- was it was all the people who were like sent to prison for trying to like hijack the 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 shipping oh. container ships. Okay, the know, and they put them in there, and those guys are like they're ruthless. They, don't, they do not care. Like no, no, the value saw- of life for them is oh, absolutely yeah. nothing. I know. Um, I saw one of the a prison in Brazil, and the guards don't even go into the prison. Yeah. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they open the gate, they push you in, they yeah. lock the gate. They don't go yeah. in for any reason. And they say yeah. good luck. They, there's no, there's no like dining hall. Right. Like it's just, it's a free for all. Yeah. It is so scary. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah. So I just, maybe we could get him transferred to one of those prisons. <laughs> That's right. great. How, how do we do that? Yeah. How do we get Let's that? Let's start done? a letter campaign. And- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, I know in 2042, I don't want to be over there if he's getting out. Oh, God, Mm-mm. no. So that, that's off my list. I can't travel that year. Yeah. <laughs> Putting that on my calendar. So. Dear Queen, <laughs> we request. <laughs> we duly and properly request <laughs> that you put me in, Huntley. Where is Anne? 
She's here on the freaking floor. Let me oh, show her to keeping you. your dog hushed. Well, yeah. I th- he goes crazy, and then I sit on the floor, and he walks away. I know I he know walks away from, like he's in the kitchen right now. <laughs> but if I sit in the chair, <laughs> and she sits in the chair, he starts crying under the table. Yeah, lady, and get down here on the down floor. The whole time, and he walks away. He just doesn't want her up here. <laughs> no, you cannot be higher than me. Control free. Not, not the way it works. <laughs> That's the life of a, a person that owns a terrier. You yes, just have so to be just, ready for the drama. The last word and everything. <laughs> Are you a nerd? Are you a person? Then check out Voluntary Input, where we not only have open discussions about tech, TV, movies, and gaming, but also open discussions about people, and sometimes with the people behind the tech. Catch new episodes with me, Leo Allen, bi-weekly on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Good Pods, and pretty much everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out videos of every episode on YouTube and Twitch. Simply go to voluntaryinput.com to find all the ways you can listen to us, contact us, and better yet, select register as a guest to be a guest on the show because we are always looking for great guests like you. Never forced, never coerced. Welcome to Voluntary Input. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our episode next week to hear more from J&K with Fuck My Work Life. Sorry, Mama. You can find all of our episodes on any listening platform. And don't forget, we love email murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com This has been Sugarcoated Murder Podcast a deliciously entertaining true crime podcast Like what you heard? You can always explore past episodes by visiting sugarcoatedpod.com Don't forget to like our Facebook fan page and share with friends Thanks for listening to Sugarcoated Murder Podcast Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.